This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. A good nerve Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is Chai FM. And it's Erev Shabbos of the first Shabbos in Elul. And, of course, as we prepare for Shabbos this week, we can't help thinking that in less than a month's time we'll be preparing for Rosh Hashanah as we cook We're thinking already, what am I going to cook for Rosh Hashanah? And indeed, this is a month that just is so wonderful. It's so available. It's so special. And we want to encourage ourselves to take absolute advantage of this incredible month. The month of Elul is actually the most important month of the entire year. It is a month of opportunity. It is a month where Hashem's presence is with us. It is a month where we actually have an opportunity for real growth and change. And it's not because something is imposed upon us. It's not because suddenly Shabbos is around us or Rosh Hashanah, we're sitting in shul and we're uplifted or because it's Yom Kippur and we're wearing white and the Chazan's melodies are just getting straight to our hearts. It's actually, here we are, at home, at work, shopping, dealing with our children, dealing with our relationships, We're in everyday life. And yet, this is a month of incredible opportunity. Why is it so special? It's special because in this month, whatever we do to reach out to Hashem, to improve our lives, to refine who we are, it actually gets extra help from Hashem himself. In fact, from the first day of this month, Hashem reveals a gift. And it's there every single day. We mentioned it, I think, last week. The 13 attributes of mercy are revealed. God is with us. God is forgiving God is smiling. God is hugging us. God is available. All we need to do is something on our part, something genuine, something real, to think about him, to take a step toward him. He's there. He's waiting. Normally, the 13 attributes of mercy are revealed on a yontif, and we feel different. They're revealed on Rosh Hashanah, on Yom Kippur, on Sukkot. They're revealed on Pesach. They're revealed on Shavuot. There's something special in the air. And we feel different. But that's God's gift that we enter into. Here, it's God's gift where he comes to meet us more than halfway. And the Alter Rebbe describes, the first Lubavitch Rebbe describes it as a king in the field. As a king who's so available 
as a king who comes out of his palace from the throne room, through the palace halls, out the palace entrance, through the palace garden, out of the palace gates, and he comes down to the people. And he comes to the people. He's not even wearing his royal robes. He's wearing casual clothes. He wants everyone to feel welcome and close. And anyone can approach him. And he smiles at everyone. His arms are open wide. He wants to hug us. He wants to envelop us. He wants to answer our prayers. You think it's on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. It's actually now. Because this is a time where we, step by step, refine ourselves. This is a time to look back, to regret and to resolve. This is a time to repair. And this is a time where there is so much energy in the air to assist us. This is a time that is a gift. And Hashem is with us, as it were. If you're a shopkeeper, He's there in your shop, assisting you to be kind, to be honest, to be that extra, extra you, because essentially all of us are actually kind, honest, connected to God, yearning for spirituality, yearning for refinement, yearning to be connected to holiness and goodness. And this is the month where we can make so many strides because Hashem helps us. First of all, the energy is different. Secondly, if we take a small step, He takes a giant step toward us. We desperately need to use the energy of this time. There is so much opportunity. Imagine if everything you hoped for and dreamed for could come your way. Imagine if all you need to do is ask. You need to sit down and review with yourself what is it that I need to lead the kind of life that will make me proud of myself. What are the things that keep shooting me in the foot? What are the things that keep sabotaging my efforts? I so want to be a refined, kind, giving, mature, spiritually orientated, successful person. How do I attain it when I wake up in the morning and I'm determined and I go to bed at night and God forbid I've failed again. How do I do it? God gives us a month and he gives us more days after the month. But this month is the informal time when Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi tells us HaMelech Basoda, the king is in the field. He is so available. All we need to do is to take a step toward him. And amazingly, it brings to mind a very special story. We are so special. We don't begin to develop our potential. We have so much intellectual potential. We have so much potential to be nurturing, to be kind. 
We have so much potential to become refined. We have so much potential to be leaders. What gets in the way? Well, the challenges that we face obviously contain tremendous, tremendous blessing when we overcome the things that are difficult for us, tremendous blessings flow to us. Of course, Hashem could give it to us easily, but the month of Elul is the month where we need to reach out. And that's why the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, Anila Dodi Vidodi Li, I reach out to Hashem, and Hashem responds to me. Those four words each begins with one of the letters of the month that we're in. Ani is Aleph, Lidodi is Lamed, the Vov is Vidodi, and the Li is the last letter of Elul. And these four letters are found in the Torah, in the Tanakh, various places, various times, each one indicating four words that are the message for this time. What we want to speak about today, first of all, is the message that no matter how puny, no matter how small our reaching out to Hashem is, it is celebrated by Hashem. So this image of the king in the field, we're in the field. The field is behind my house. The field is at my front doorstep. The field is a metaphor for the work that we do to earn a living, the work that we do to interact in the world. The field is an open space. There are no boundaries. It's not like the king is in the throne room or he's behind the fence. The king is in the field. He's come out to the people. He's come out in the day-to-day, the weekday. There's no yontifs in Elul. It's every day, work a day, week, and he's available. And the question is, what are we going to do with this incredibly, incredibly opportunity laden time. And what we need to do is to sit down and think about the year that passed, slowly but surely, to think about the things that we want to improve in, slowly but surely, and then to reach out, to make a firm resolution that we are going to ask Hashem to strengthen us, to help us to change. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas Shoiftim. Shoiftim means judges. And we find inside the Parsha four types of leaders. It's really a Parsha about leadership. The parsha is called judges, that we must establish courts, courts of justice. We must have a legal system. There has to be structure. In fact, together with the judge, there comes the policeman. The parsha begins by saying, You should appoint judges and police officers for yourselves for each of your tribes, in all your city gates, 
that Hashem is giving you. Moshe Rabbeinu continues to speak to the people in the last days of his life to tell them what lies ahead and how they should conduct themselves in the Holy Land. And he says it's essential, it's important that you appoint judges. And these judges become responsible. They need to know the law. And they become responsible to lead the people. They become responsible to give a logical Torah perspective. In fact, we're told that each one of us needs to be a judge. We need to discipline ourselves. In fact, our makeup is that the way we stand is different to that of animals. We stand upright. Our intellect is higher than everything else. And we have a natural um, constitution. We have a natural structure that our mind should lead us, that our minds should direct us because the mind is higher than the heart. The Rebbe explains that each one of us contains within us a personal judge and a personal policeman, personal judges and sheriffs. So when it says, you must appoint judges and sheriffs for yourselves in all your cities. The word cities here, She'orecha literally means gates. What are the gates of our bodies? Well, we've got eyes and ears and nose and mouth. And through these, the stimuli of the world enter. They enter into our bodies. They enter into our personal lives. So the Pasuk is really telling us, this verse is telling us we need to station judges and sheriffs to guard these gates so that stimuli that could be harmful to our spiritual health are kept out. We don't want these intruders. Through the study of the Torah, we learn which influences are beneficial and therefore permitted and which ones are harmful and therefore forbidden. What's the job of the judge to discern to differentiate, to decide. And the job of the sheriff, the policeman, well, that's to enforce, to carry out the decision that's made by the judge. We have inner sheriffs. Each one of us needs to cultivate these inner sheriffs. They are inner techniques in order to combat the voices within us that oppose the decisions of our inner judges. When we are faced with something that we want to do or that's there that is calling us, there's a little voice. It's a quiet voice. It's the first voice. And it's the voice of goodness. It's the voice of our godly soul. And after that, a lot of louder voices will come in to kind of negate what the first voice said. We need to cultivate techniques 
to combat the voices that oppose the first voice. Please God, in this month of Elul, we can be successful in doing that because we have extra help from Hashem Himself. There's a wonderful story that's told about the king who was coming to the small town. And everybody turned out to see the king. And it was known, it became, it was announced that the king was going to grant anybody's request. You approach the monarch, you say, Your Majesty, as long as you go up to the king, he is your king, you recognize that he's powerful, you recognize he can give it to you. And so everybody turned out. And people were pushing and people were trying to come close. And there was a group of beggars in that town, many of them so ill, crippled, weak from hunger. And they too were there, but they didn't have the strength to approach the king. Perhaps they didn't feel worthy. They didn't feel they were dressed. They didn't feel they were groomed enough. And they stood there, they heard the noise, they saw the crowds. Suddenly one of the beggars said, you know what? You know what, guys? I'm going to approach the king. They said, how in the world are you going to get through that crush? He said, I'm going to try. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. Look at the life I lead. Look how difficult it is. I'm going to go and ask him to help me. Well, they wished him luck, but they thought he'd be trampled underfoot. He went and he pushed and he was, he fell down and he got up and eventually he was actually in front of the king and he called out, Your Majesty, Your Majesty. And the king noticed him. He said, Yes, my son. And he took a deep breath and he said, Your Majesty, you see this cloth with which I gather alms. It's worn out. Could you give me a new cloth? The king looked at this man and he said, oh, with pleasure, turned around and asked the assistant, said, give this man a strong cloth, give him a few so that he can gather his arms. Amazing. He now had strong pieces of material that he could spread out and people could throw coins in. He eventually got back to where all the other beggars were. He was exhausted. And they looked at him. They said, did you get there? He said, you won't believe it. I got there. They said, amazing. Did the king see you? You won't believe it. The king saw me. Did he hear you? Did you ask him? Did he grant your wish? What was your wish? And the man turned around and said, oh, my wish was, I said, your majesty, won't you give me a new strong cloth to gather alms? And he gave me a few. And one wise beggar looked at him and said, You fool. You pushed through. You were already standing in front of the king. You could have asked for everything or anything. You could have asked that all of us be rescued. That all of us be given a better life and healed from our illnesses. Why did you ask for this very materialistic, simple request? which will just keep you exactly where you are. 
could have asked for anything. And so it is with us now in this month of Elul. Hashem is in the field. The king is in the field. He's smiling. He's ready to give us any request we want. Not only for ourselves, but also for our families, for our friends, for the whole land of Israel, for all of South Africa, for all of mankind. Yes, we need to refine ourselves during this month. Yes, we need to ask for that we have the strength to carry out our own missions. But at the same time, let us not forget that we have the ear of Hashem. We have Hashem listening to us. Let's ask for big things. Let's not ask for small things. Let's not ask that the window is broken. We need a new window. The roof is leaking. My business isn't doing well. Um, my children are hungry, etc. Of course, let's ask. But let's ask that Hashem uplift us, strengthen us to truly serve Him, to make Him proud, to access our abilities. Let's ask Him that we become a better person in every single way. Let's not have the ear of the king and ask him for nonsense. And the question is, how do we see ourselves? Do we see ourselves as a victim, as a beggar, as someone who's ill physically and spiritually? Are we moaning? Are we crying? Are we forgetting that we are actually endowed by God with the most incredible abilities? So we have the Parsha this week. And the Parsha says, Shoftim, judges, leaders. The Parsha contains leaders besides judges. It contains the injunction to appoint kings. It speaks about priests. It speaks about prophets. It speaks about many aspects of leadership. And the name of the Parsha is judges, a judge who knows, a judge who can guide. And all of these positions of leadership, whether they are judges or kings or priests or prophets, exemplify an aspect of leadership that we ourselves have. And of course, we've mentioned that we must be our own judges. We must be able to discern, and God has given us the ability to judge things correctly. The second leader in the Parsha is King. And Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Jewish people, you may indeed appoint a king over yourself, a king whom God chooses. And we want to speak about what qualities a king needed to have. We want to speak about that a king in the Jewish way is not a dictator, a despot. It's not just a leader. A Jewish king had the ability, had the gift of great humility and connection to God. He was righteous, humble. All he wanted to do was serve God. And these are the children 
of the house of David. David HaMelech, if you read the Psalms, just yearns for closeness with Hashem. What an example for a nation to have. It's not just that he's a judge. It's not just that you have to listen to him and he can enforce what he rules, as it were. He is connected. And because he is so connected, he is an inspiration. But, of course, we don't have a Jewish king in our times. Nevertheless, we're still bidden in the Torah. The Torah tells us a point for yourself a judge, a point for yourself a king, as it were. And we are told that essentially we all need a higher authority over ourselves, individually, collectively, wherever it's relevant. The sages therefore say to each one of us, Asei l'chorav, provide yourself with a teacher of Torah, someone you can consult with on all matters of spiritual life, someone who can guide you, someone who can provide you with the direction and the inspiration, the clarity. Sure, we must judge for ourselves, but we mustn't delude ourselves into thinking that we can rely totally on our own discernment, our own judges and our own inner sheriffs. And neither should we think that there is no one in the world who can really understand us. Nobody can be my king. The Torah assures us that if we search properly, if we are diligent in our search, and we're searching Genuinely, we will find the mentors best suited for our spiritual needs. Because the Torah does, the sages do say, appoint for yourself a mentor. And so, here in the month of Elul, how, where do we start? So let's turn to someone who can help us, who can guide us, so that whatever work we're going to do will please God, be the right thing, and be successful. We all possess leadership. We need to see ourselves as capable, yet capable of so much more. Each one of us has a mission in this world, a personal mission, part of a national mission, part of a universal mission. But we need to rise to the challenge and what better way than to do it now in the month of Elul when these attributes of mercy, 13 of them, are revealed as well as when we read a parsha like Shaftim which says, appoint for yourself a judge. You may appoint a king for yourself. It's about priests. It's about prophets. And we have that ability inside each one of ourselves. The Parsha also contains something else which is quite amazing, and that is that cities of refuge should be um, established. And those cities of refuge are also part of the Parsha that's called Shaftim, the Parsha that's called Judges. How does that work? Well, there's an interesting insight which I'd love to share with you when we come back from this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. 
a good Nair of Shabbos, and a good Elul. And we are so blessed to be in this month and to have the guidance of Torah to help us to access the very special gifts in this month. Elul leads us to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of the creation of man. When Adam was created, that's when all of creation began to hum, began to work, began to sing together. Adam was the conductor, as it were, and brought harmony initially to praise God, leading all of creation to sing God's praises. We have that opportunity on Rosh Hashanah. We have that opportunity right now. What are we preparing for? We're preparing to celebrate, amongst other things, the creation of man. And man was created for specific reasons. And we, the children of man, the sons and daughters of man, of Adam, want to make sure that in our own lives we're doing this. God created the world with kindness. It is a world, and our world is replete with opportunities to do chesed, to emulate God himself, just as he is merciful that we be merciful. And that's the first thing we need to do in Elul. We say, I love God, and God loves me. I reach out to Hashem, and he responds to me. How do you reach out to Hashem? We reach out to Hashem by doing deeds of kindness in His world. We reach out to Hashem through the study of Torah and prayer. But Elul is all about refining ourselves. And to truly refine yourself, you have to be able to see yourself as part of God's world. And God's world has many, many creations of God in it. This is a month when we should absolutely be running around, as it were, doing kindness to others. It's a time to give, to give of our time, to give of our money, to give of our love. It's a time for tzedakah. It's a time to see the other. And What we call that really is leadership. Leadership is not just to dictate, as it were. Leadership is to lead by example. Leadership is actually to show an example that others suddenly just want to emulate. And so the cities of refuge at the end of the Parsha the cities of refuge speak to us about a place to run away to, a place to hide, a place to be protected, a place to sit down and think, how in the world did I get into trouble? And how can I refine myself and get out of this? So Elul is a city of refuge. Elul is a place to run away to. Elul embraces us. We are in Elul now. And it is a place 
a time, an energy, which actually on its own offers us an opportunity to become the person we want to become. There's a beautiful story about a young man in the early 50s who went out to a small community just for three weeks in the summer together with some of his friends. This is a program that Chabad continues to initiate where young yeshiva students will take uh, Torah books and mezuzot and tefillin and candles and they go to a community that doesn't have necessarily have a rabbi, doesn't necessarily have a structured Jewish community. And they spend time looking for the people, looking for the Jews, and trying to interest them in something of Yiddishkeit, a book, a mezuzah, Shabbos candles. They sit, they chat, and in the time of the Rebbe, these students would come back and they would write a report into the Rebbe. So they hope very much that they'll be able to say, I managed to put on to fill in with X amount of people. I managed to give candles. I managed to convince someone to actually get themselves a pair of film, X amount of books. This is what I did on Tuesday, on Thursday. And there was a particular group that came back from the Midwest in the United States. And one young man was just so down. He hadn't managed to to give away or sell anything. He hadn't managed to have a successful time. He tried. He knocked on doors. Doors were slammed in his face, etc. And he didn't know what to do. Could he tell the Rebbe, I had not one success? While his friends were writing in what they did. That Shabbos, the Rebbe spoke at a Fabrengen at a gathering. And he said that the cities of refuge had signs and the signs pointed to someone who was running away. There might have been someone running after him because he wanted to avenge the blood of someone who had been killed. And he's running away. And they, the highways, the roads leading to the cities of refuge had to be substantial, big, and at every crossroad there had to be big signs And we're even told that miraculously these signs called out, Miklot, Miklot, run this way. This is the way to be saved. He said, you think you didn't, he said, uh, a young man went out and he thinks he didn't manage to do anything successful. He said, somebody could have been looking out the window and seen a young man in the heat of summer dressed in his white shirt, in his black suit, with his tzitzit flying and his little beard. And they looked out the window and suddenly they remembered 40 years earlier when they had left Europe. And they remembered the image of their father and the father had said to them, make sure you put on tefillin, you're going to the new country. And the Rebbe tells this story that somebody could have been looking out the window And this young man running down the street, dressed very, very Jewishly, making a statement for Yiddishkeit, is like that animated sign who calls, rescue yourself, come this way. 
and he thought that the Rebbe was just making him feel better. And in truth, he found out a while later that someone had sent a letter to the Chabad Lubavitch headquarters, and the letter had said exactly that. It's been 40 years since I saw an image like that. And when I saw that young man, I immediately remembered my childhood. I remembered my father's parting words. And I've decided to start putting on tefillin again. We don't know. We need to be a signpost of leadership. We need to be true to who we are. We change the balance of somebody's life. We change the balance of the world when we behave like who we really are. And this is a month which cultivates. This is a month which calls us. Please use the energy of the month. This is a month of tremendous, tremendous forgiveness, tremendous opportunity. And when we look at leadership, we look at a king, we look at the leaders in communities. Let's remember this little story that really happened. And let's remember another story. You know that the Lubavitcher Rebbe would give out dollars on a Sunday morning and other times. And there was a successful businessman called Gordon Zeks. And he was standing there online, and he was thinking, you know, he's thinking it's been 18 years since I've last seen the Rebbe. And he waited, and his people were going ahead of him, slowly, slowly, and eventually his turn came. He approached the Rebbe, and the Rebbe looked at him with smiling eyes. And he picked up their conversation exactly where they had left it off 18 years before. And the Rebbe said, I hope you won't wait this long to come back again and report good news in your work for Jewish education. The Rebbe had met hundreds of thousands of people over the course of those 18 years. Zax was astounded by the Rebbe's extraordinary memory. Wow, Rebbe, he said, you are amazing. That was 18 years ago. And without missing a beat, what did the Rebbe say? And what will be the benefit to the community that I am amazing? Sure. It's not personal virtue. I study a lot of Torah. I'm wise. I pray. That doesn't benefit. That's not leadership. And we don't measure the leadership by what we do privately. We have to measure the leadership by the benefit that we bring to others. And the world is waiting. People need to know that this month is so incredibly laden with opportunity. What am I doing to get the message out? What am I doing to inspire people to use the opportunity out there that there are 13 attributes of mercy and that people should really realize that to come closer to who they really are is so much easier at this time of the year. We need to share. We need to speak. We need to encourage. We need to uplift. It's an amazing thing. Let's remember, let's remember that true leadership 
is about stimulating the leadership in others. Like Rabbi Jonathan Sachs said, he said he discovered that the Rebbe was not like all the other leaders he had met who just wanted to attract followers. He said here was a leader who was passionate about creating leaders. And so it brings to mind, how did the Rebbe send emissaries, young people throughout the world? And what is the success of Chabad? How? And of course, it brings to mind that story of the Sudex, Rabbi Nachman of Blessed Memory and Mrs. Fradel Sudek. They're amongst the first emissaries of the Rebbe. And they were moving to England. So they had a private audience with the Rebbe. And they tell the story. And they asked Rebbe, what are we supposed to do when we arrive in England? Like, in which area should we concentrate our energies? Please, Rebbe, give us some direction. And what did the Rebbe say? He said, when you get there, you'll see that there are thousands of things to do. And based on what you find there, you will choose the projects that are most suitable. We need to open our eyes. We need to know that God will give us the wisdom. It's really about building ourselves, trusting ourselves. We are leaders. We can lead ourselves. We can lead others. May Hashem bless us that we do it successfully and bless us for doing it. A guten Shabbos, a guten Tomid.